a reading from the book of Genesis. Israel set out with all that he had and came to Beersheba, and he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. That night, God spoke to Israel in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he said. And Jacob replied, here I am. God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you back. Joseph will close your eyes when you die. Jacob left Beersheba. The sons of Israel took their father Jacob in the wagons Pharaoh had sent to carry him, along with their dependents and their wives. They also took their cattle and possessions they had acquired in the land of Canaan. Then Jacob and all his offspring with him came to Egypt. His sons and grandsons, his daughters and granddaughters, indeed all his offspring he brought with him to Egypt. Now Jacob had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to prepare for his arrival at Goshen. When they came to the land of Goshen, Joseph hitched the horses to his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. Joseph presented himself to him, threw his arms around him, and wept for a long time. Then Israel said to Joseph, I'm ready to die now because I have seen your face and you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's family, I will go up and inform Pharaoh, telling him, my brothers and my father's family who are in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They also raise livestock. They have brought their flocks and herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh addresses you and asks, what is your occupation? You are to say, your servants, both we and our ancestors, have raised livestock from our youth until now. Then you will be allowed to settle in the land of Goshen, since all shepherds are detestable to Egyptians. The word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning again. For those who are new with us, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here. It's always an honor to be able to give the message And I'm especially excited to talk about this message. Uh, Today, you can see the title is God is Good, or even better yet, God is Faithful. God is faithful to us today and forevermore. So let me ask you this question as we get started. Have you ever had to put a lot of trust in someone? Have you ever had to put a lot of trust in someone? We all can probably answer yes to this. Um, I had to put a lot of trust in a lot of Kelsey's friends at one point in our life, specifically whenever I proposed to Kelsey. You can see I decided it would be a good idea that while she was on spring break with her girlfriends, that I would fly up, surprise her in front of the castle. And if you know us, we're not even Disney people. So this was kind of a weird way to do this. But Nonetheless, we did it. We got the picture. We got some videos. Um, But I had to trust her friends several days prior to say, hey, here's what's about to go down. You need to make sure she's in front of the castle at this point of the day, so on and so forth. And what you can't see here is that, one, I woke up with like an eye infection that day. So all of our pictures have sunglasses from that point on. Um, But also we get to Disney World. Me and my friend Michael, my friend Michael flew up with me. Um, We get to Disney World, 
we are walking around the park trying to get into the area and it's like, it's go time. Michael's talking with his girlfriend who's in Kelsey's little posse walking around and it's go time. They're about to be right in front of the castle. We gotta go. So I get in place. And if you don't know this, which I did not at the time, I think every 30 minutes a show starts right in front of the castle. And so I get in place, I see Kelsey coming in the distance and I'm like shaking, I'm so nervous. I see her in the distance, she hasn't noticed me yet. And all of a sudden a show starts and I just jet. And so then we had to, her friends had to, for another like 45 minutes, go get ice cream, waste time. And again, bring her back to this point um, to, to get there and not spoil it before it all went down. And they did good. I, I trusted them and they came through. It was a surprise for Kelsey. We are still married today um, from that. And so, so far it has been a fairy tale. Um, and so this ties into our passage in the way in, in this. God is faithful. Here's our big idea for the morning. God is faithful and you can trust him. Very simple. God is faithful and you can trust him. And we're going to see this in the passage in a few different ways. First, we're going to talk about um, kind of, we're going to summarize where we are in Genesis because we took a couple weeks to break for Easter. Then we're going to talk about two areas of our life in which we should trust him, in which we can trust him. And then we're going to talk about why we can trust him. Why can we trust him in those areas? So before we dive in, let me say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. You have shown up and shown out so many times through the good, the bad, the ugly. You have been faithful through it all. And God, I just pray that you would help us to see that all the more today. As we leave this place today, as we go out into our lives, Father, would you help us to trust you in every area of our life, um, especially where we're fearful? Um, would you help us to trust you? It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. So we're actually going to walk through our text or work through our text backwards this morning. And so we're going to start in Genesis 46, verse 28. And so it reads this. Now Jacob had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to prepare for his arrival at Goshen. When, he, when they came to the land of Goshen, Joseph hitched the horses to his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And for those who are not familiar with this story, Jacob and Israel are one in the same. Jacob wrestles with God earlier in Genesis, and God likes to change names. And so Jacob becomes Israel, so on and so forth. So Jacob, Israel, same person. Verse 32 picks up. The men are shepherds. Oh, excuse me. Verse 29. Joseph hitched the horses to his chariot, went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. Joseph presented himself to him, threw his arms around him, and wept for a long time. Then Israel said to Joseph, I'm ready to die now because I have seen your face and you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's family, I will go up and inform Pharaoh, telling him, my brothers and my father's family who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They also raise livestock. They have brought their flocks and their herds and all they have. When Pharaoh addresses you and asks, what is your occupation? You are to say, your servants, both we and our ancestors, have raised livestock from our youth until now, 
then you will be allowed to settle in the land of Goshen since all the shepherds are detestable to Egyptians. So again, at the end of our chapter, what do we see? This whole buildup of Jacob and Joseph reuniting in this land of Goshen that Joseph has kind of set aside for his family. So now stop and imagine, those of you who are parents who have kids in here today, imagine being separated from your child for 20 plus years, thinking that they were dead, only to find out, only to hear that not only are they alive and well, but that your son is second in charge of Egypt and really, um, in a lot of ways, the world at that point with how powerful Egypt was. And although it wasn't right, Jacob was, or Joseph was one of Jacob's favorite sons. And so we see this story, for those who are, again, not familiar, Joseph was sold into slavery at 17. The brothers told Jacob, the dad, that he was killed in an animal attack. And then 20 years later, here we are, they are reuniting and Joseph has incredible power. This would have been a, a crazy moment for Jacob. This would have been a wild moment for Joseph. In, intense emotion. We see that they cry for a while in our passage. And we'll talk about this later, but Jacob is rolling deep into Egypt too. This is a big deal. He brings all of his family. He brings all of his livestock to go to Egypt to go to the land of Goshen. And now there's two important things to note about Goshen before we continue. First, it's a land of abundance and its beauty and its resources. This is the perfect land for, for a people group to thrive, for livestock to thrive. This is a great piece of land. And then two, it was on the edge of Egypt. And again, shepherds were detestable at this time to those in Egypt. And so it's on the edge of the land. So the Egyptians are not going to bother them. The, the nation of Israel, the, the beginning of the nation of Israel are going to be there all alone. Egyptians are going to leave them alone and they're going to be able to flourish in this abundant land. And that's important because as you read throughout scripture, as you read the next book of the Bible, Exodus, we see that the Israelites, the nation of Israel grows so big that the Egyptians put them in slavery. They have to control them because they come so numerous. And from there, a leader in Moses rises up and leads them out of Exodus into the promised land, towards the promised land, which is where God's people are going to flourish. But it all starts here with Jacob. It all starts here with Jacob and him trusting in God, trusting in his plan, taking his family and all they have to Goshen, where they would then flourish and become this nation. But how does Jacob get there? What areas of his life does he have to surrender to God in order to get to this place, in order to go to Goshen? And this takes us to point number one, is that he had to trust him with his fears and that we should trust God with our fears. Genesis 46, one reads this way. Israel... Jacob set out with all that he had and came to Beersheba. He offered sacrifices to God, his father, Isaac. Now, Beersheba, if you've read through Genesis, you've seen this place, this location come up. 
It's come up in Abraham's life. It's come up in Isaac's life. We see in chapter 21 that this is where Abraham, and Abraham is Jacob's granddad, right? He, we see that here in chapter 21, Abraham and Abimelech make this covenant together. Abraham plants a tree and there he worships the Lord. We see in chapter 22, one chapter later, Beersheba is where Abraham and Isaac strike off up the mountain in order for Isaac to be sacrificed. Abraham's promised son. And again, if you don't know that story, God ultimately provides another sacrifice. Isaac in chapter 26 encounters the Lord and builds an altar in Beersheba. And Beersheba was the place in which Jacob spent his, that's where he grew up. And so Beersheba is an important place. Jacob would have heard all about Beersheba. He would have been to this altar. He would have worshiped at this altar with his dad, Isaac. He would know that the altar was and that the Lord would be there and be with him. And so it's no coincidence. It's no surprise that Jacob, at this moment of his life, wondering if his boys have been, faith, have been truthful, wondering if his, his favorite son, Joseph, actually is alive with all this fear, with all this uncertainty. It's no coincidence he ends up in Beersheba. Or to put it another way, it's no coincidence he ends up where he knows God will be. God has shown up in Beersheba time after time to his granddad, to his dad, to him. It's no surprise he ends up here. And the question is, when Life is full of uncertainties. When you are fearful, where do you run? Jacob ran to God. Do you run to God? Do you run to a place where you know God will show up? See, God cares about us and God can be trusted with our biggest and our smallest fears. So trust him just as Jacob did. And then point number two in uh, in what way can we trust him? We need to trust him with our family. You can trust God with your family. Again, 46, uh, starting verse 6b to 7 says, Then Jacob and all his offspring with him came to Egypt, his sons and grandsons, his daughters and granddaughters. Indeed, all his offspring brought, him, brought with him to Egypt. Now we saved Jonathan Dixon from reading verses 8 to 27. If you have your Bibles open and you see 8 to 27, you see it's just a bunch of names, a bunch of hard names to pronounce, but we wanted Dixon to continue to read for us. Um, and so we left that out, but those names are important. This is Jacob's lineage. These are who, who his family is, who his family has become. And what's cool about this is the last time Jacob left Beersheba on a journey, he was all alone. If you back up in Jacob's story, we see that Jacob had a brother named Esau. Esau was the oldest. He was the one that was promised with the blessing of the family. And Jacob stole that blessing and essentially went on the run. And so when he left Beersheba, where he grew up, he was all alone. And now we see him taking off, trusting God, leaving Beersheba with a full family, with generations with him. Kent Hughes points out, um, just that fact that he has people with him on this journey now. And we see Jacob's family has grown. And in the broader story, this is the start of the nation of Israel. 
where God has promised to Abraham that he would have many descendants, as numerous as the stars, that he would make a great nation. He reaffirmed that promise to Isaac, and now he's showing Jacob, he's showing true to his word. The nation of Israel is starting and it's growing. And again, in Goshen, we know that they are going to flourish. Alan Ross, a commentator, says this, as a full family unit, Israel settled in Egypt. There they would become the great nation that God had promised. By Jacob trusting and following God, the family of God was about to explode. Which takes us to our next question, why can we trust him? Why can we trust him with our fears? Why can we trust him with our family? How has he proven trustworthy in order for us to give them to give that to him. We can trust him because he is with us and because he is a promise keeper. Our scripture, verse, chapter 46, verse two through four, read this. That night, God spoke to Israel in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, remember he's at the altar in Beersheba. Jacob, Jacob, he said, and Jacob replied, here I am. God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt and I will also bring you back. Joseph will close your eyes when you die. Now there's a lot in there. This whole sermon could have been just on this portion of scripture, but I believe there's two big reasons why we can trust God in this. And that's first because he is with you and he promises to be with you. You see, just like the Lord promised to Jacob, he has promised this with us. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we just celebrated Christmas a few months ago. We just celebrated Easter last week. And all of that is about Jesus coming into this earth, God coming down to us to be with us and for us to be with him for all eternity to save us. Jesus promises to be with us just like he did with Jacob, just like he did with the nation of Israel. And he keeps his promises, which we'll talk about now, as we go into the next point, is that we can trust him because he keeps his promises. One of those is that he will be with us. In Genesis 12, we see Abraham. Actually, in Genesis 12, his name is Abram. Again, God likes to change names back then. Um, he receives this covenant from the Lord. Chapter 12, verse 1, you can start reading. Verse 2, it says this. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. In Genesis 26, we see he reaffirms that with Isaac and God here assures Jacob that although he's heading into Egypt, which to them is a big deal because he's heading into a pagan land. Normally God was saying, hey, stay away from Egypt. Stay away from those who do not follow me. But here he's leading Jacob to this land, which added on to the fears of Jacob. But he says, although you're heading there, although I'm leading you there, the promise is still alive and it's actually gonna come through there. There in Goshen, in Egypt, is where your family will flourish. The promise will be kept. And that's true for you and for me too. 
God does not just keep his promises to a select few, the good Christians. He keeps his promises to all of us. And some of those promises, as we read through scripture, are, are this. In Matthew, he says he promises to give us rest. And as we follow him, as we serve him, as we love him, he promises to give us rest. In Ephesians, he promises to strengthen us. In Philippians, he says he'll supply all of our needs. In 1 John, he says that he'll free us from our sin and the bondage that that places with us. We can trust God because he's with us and he keeps his promises just like he did with Jacob. So what does that mean for us? How do we do this? What's an application point for us this morning? And it's very simple to step out in faith. Very simple to step out in faith. And this looks different for all of us. But think about as you're sitting there, as you're listening, what is your next step in faith? Because here's why. Here's why we need to step out in faith. Because your life, your kids' lives, the lives of those around you depend on it. You need to have a relationship with God. And if your parents, your kids need to have a relationship with God. Our faith has ripple effects. We see that in our story here. Because of Abraham's faith, Isaac knew. Because of Isaac's faith, Jacob knew. Because of Jacob's faith, Joseph knew. We see there's a ripple effect to our faith. And the good news is if you don't have that lineage of faith, if you don't have that legacy of faith in your family, start it. You can start that in your family. You can start that today. Parents, your faith affects everyone around you, especially your kids. How are you leading them? What are you showing them is important? Where are you showing them to spend their time and their money? When they look at you and your faith, what do they see? It also affects your neighbors and the rest of your family, students in the room. Your faith affects those around you, especially your friends, especially your siblings. Your faith has a ripple effect. How are your friends looking at you? If they were to follow in your footsteps, what would their faith look like? And to all of us in the room, your faith has ripple effects. It affects those around us. No matter our age, younger, or older, our faith affects those around us, even when we don't know or see. Jacob's faith was affected by his family. Joseph's faith affected many people because he persevered through all of his trials and through all the good and the bad times. He stayed faithful to God and many were saved because of his faith. What will your story be? What does your step of faith look like? For some of us, it may be to trust Jesus for the first time. Say, hey God, this is the first time I'm hearing about you. This is the first time I've actually heard about you and what you've done. And God, I just say, I don't, I still have some questions, but I trust you. You're good. You're faithful. I trust you. For some of you, you need to trust him with your fears. You're living life with anxiety and you're fearful of this or that. And God's saying, give it to me. I want to give you rest from that. Maybe it's with your possessions. We see that Jacob not only takes his family, but he takes his livestock, his cattle, everything. Maybe you need to trust him with your stuff. Maybe you need to trust him with your family. Say, hey God, how you teach me to lead and direct my family in scripture. I wanna live that out because you're good and faithful and I can trust you. 
So this morning, know that God is faithful and you can trust him just like Jacob did, just like Joseph did through his whole life. Trust him. He's faithful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much this morning for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for all that you've done for us. You've provided the way. You've held up your, your end of the deal. You, you've kept your promises. Father, may we choose to live in them. God, you were faithful to Jacob. You were faithful to Joseph. You've been faithful to us in so many different ways. God, help us to trust you more and more. The area of life that we just haven't quite given you full control of, God, help us to release that and to be open-handed and to trust you, to trust you with our fears, to trust you with our family, because you are with us in all seasons and you keep your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.